And we pray over this offering that it would be used to extend your kingdom. Lord, that your purposes would be demonstrated in the earth. Lord, receive this offering we give. Receive this as an act of gratitude and thanksgiving that we show unto you, Lord. Receive and bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I bring greetings from Poland. Um, Arthur and Joanna, who's known as Asha over there instead of Joanna. That's, um, I told her, man, that just sounds too cool to give that up for Joanna. You know, it sounds real Polish. But um, they're homesick for North Carolina. And we need to keep praying for them. They have um, made application to the INS, the uh, what is that, Immigration and Naturalization Service. And the INS has told them it can be two months to 12 months before they hear back anything. And it could be something as simple as they forgot to fill out one question wrong, and then they give it back to them for another two to 12 months. And so we really need to pray for them because they're kind of in limbo. Um, they have an apart. I want, I'm, I'm going to share this about them. I learned that I really believe they were quality people, but when I got to see them in their Polish environment, I realized they were even better than I thought. Um, they... It is very difficult for a young Polish couple to get their own apartment. There's a big housing shortage. And many young married couples have to live in very cramped conditions with their parents for years, like, you know, 10, 15 years before they can get their own apartment. Well, Arthur and Joanna have their own apartment. They still, like, own this apartment. But the worship leader in their local church had no place to live. And so when they came to the U.S., they let the worship leader and his young wife in their local church move into their apartment with the understanding that this couple was going to pay them rent, you know, a small rent. Well, by the time they got here to the U.S., they thought, we can't charge them rent. We've just got to give them that apartment. And so it still is in Joanna and Arthur's name but they're letting this couple who's due to have a baby in February still live there. And they say, well, we can't kick them out of that apartment. We can't charge them rent. Um, so they've just, they're continuing to let them live there. And they're living in the living room of Joanna's parents. And they have to, you know, sleep on the floor and then put all their stuff away during the day because it's a real tiny apartment. But, but they believe God's going to enable them to come back here. To Poland. So please pray for them because they really are generous, giving, quality people. Lord, I just ask you that you would do that which you have put in their hearts, oh God, that you would bring them back, Lord. And we appreciate you choosing them, Lord, this day, Lord God. And they answered your call, Lord. Many are chosen, but few answer the call, Lord, and they have answered, O oh Lord. And we ask you to bless them, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray that that time that they sleep on the floor is a blessed time, Lord God, even more blessed than they could have in their own apartment, Lord Jesus. What we consider a sacrifice, Lord, 
is no sacrifice when you come and be with them, Lord. And we ask you, Lord God, to do that in their lives, Lord. Thank you for them. Bless them, Lord Jesus. And bless their parents, too, in the name of Jesus. I just want to briefly share another missionary burden. We've, we've received a prophetic promise that the Lord was going to bring people from the nations here to this congregation and then send them out to the nations. Well, one morning we were sitting in a little coffee shop in Poland suffering for Jesus, drinking lattes and eating Polish pastries. I'm telling you, that really is a suffering. And as we were doing that, there was this little Polish lady and she was walking by. She had on like eight overcoats and a hat, you know, because it was kind of cold. And she was going by like this. And at the same time, three young men in ski jackets and Nike ball hats were coming across the street. And the Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, this lady has a church that she likes. And it meets her needs. But these young men don't. Now, what are you going to do about it? So, I'll make the story real short. Later that day, while we were driving around in Poland, uh, the Lord was in the car with us. And I began to share what I saw on Arthur and Joanna's life. And I sowed a little seed of an idea and said, wouldn't it be wonderful to plant a church where... This kind of worship that we experience can be had. In Poland, there's very few churches that have this kind of worship and this kind of a church like Calvary. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the Lord could bring you back to the U.S. and send you through Christ's school of ministry and then during that period of time raise up a church plant team so that you could go back and plant a Calvary church in Poland? And they said, us? Who? Me? I said, well, who else is going to do it? And it just sort of blew them away. But whether it is with Arthur or Joanna, see, it, that has to be their dream. But I really do believe that it is in the heart of God to plant churches like we enjoy in Poland in the city of Poznan, where they live. And I can't imagine why they want to come and live in Mooresville. I'm telling you, this is a little dinky podunk town compared to Poznan. Poznan has a hundred acre square in the middle of town with little shops that have been in operation for three or four hundred years. A little coffee shops been there in the same family for three hundred years. You know, and they got, they got a, a town hall that was built in 1540-something. You know, and it's great. It still works. I mean, the, their plaza's older than the United States. And it's, one, it's elegant. You know, it's European. It's elegant. It's not gray and suffering. You know, it really is neat. But they got 600,000 people in this town. And counting everybody, counting charismatic Catholics, Orthodox, Lutherans, Pentecostals, and Baptists, there's less than 1,000 people that are born again in a town of 600,000. That is a smaller percentage than in the Indian tribes in the Amazon River area of Brazil. 
So I want us to pray that we can reach that young generation because the churches that are there are not significantly reaching the young generation right now. So I just want you to begin to pray for Poland. Begin to pray for wisdom that we'll know how to respond to the call of the Lord. That was a great testimony. Um, speaking of missions, I got a announcement about missions. Thursday night, right? Y'all supposed to? Yeah. Thursday night, today. That's February 14th. Happens to be Valentine's Day. We want you to come to the church. Okay? We are going to have a banquet at the church. It is for missions. His Heart Missions Banquet. Um, it will cost you to come, unfortunately. Yeah, that's right. And the reason it's going to cost is you have to buy the food that you're going to eat. So don't go out to the restaurant with your lovely person in your life, wherever that may be, girl or boy. But come here, and you can bring your children. If you come, it will cost you 10 bucks per person, adult. And if it's a if it's a five to twelve year old child, it'll be seven fifty. So if you are thirteen, it's going to cost you ten. If you are a preschooler, it's free. Um, this money is to pay for the cost of the food that you're going to eat, and plus a little other incidentals. Plus, the whole focus we're doing it not just to have a meal. You could do that anywhere. Is is it's going to be towards missions, uh, towards his what. What we're going to do is we're going to take everything we, you know, once the costs are paid, all that money, I think uh, 10% of it will go to a local mission. Has that been announced who that is? Crisis Pregnancy Center. So 10% of the profit is going to go to Crisis Pregnancy Center here in, in Morrisville. The rest of it is going to go to His Heart Missions, which is missions all over the place, Africa, Poland now, uh, South America, South Carolina, <laughs> you name it. So it's a... That's why we want you to come. Say, but you gotta let, you gotta let Heidi know today, okay? Because she's not gonna go out and buy a bunch of food that's not gonna get ate. So you can, after church, you can get a ticket and go out to that little table that's got all them little things laying all over it and little pink things, and you can get you a pink thing for your head and a. <clears throat> and here's how you do this kind of stuff, okay? Here's how you do this. Instead of going to McDonald's this week. Or going out to lunch, or you know what I'm saying, or going out to supper. If you feel like ten dollars a lot, don't do that. Just get you a sandwich, brown bag it, okay? Brown bag your lunch. You haven't, you not spent any money. I mean, you're gonna come out the same. Or don't go get an ice cream. Do away with that. You know, this is for a worthy cause. It's for missions, and um, you know, this is what we're all about. You know, the Great Commission. You know, this is a practical way of of being mission minded. Amen. We want to congratulate, I'm doing the announcements now. <laughs> we want to congratulate the Linkers on their birth of their new child named uh, Neil Jacob or Jacob Neil. Jacob Neil Linker was born this week. He's a bustling child. So we're glad to get an addition to the Linker family here. <clears throat> um, you have a bulletin, you know how to read. If you don't, get somebody who knows how to read. If you don't have a bulletin, there's announcements in there. Um, make sure you read the missionary spotlight. I don't see that Christine uh, is not here, but she's going to be sharing some good stuff about going to China. 
Uh, if you want to, you, would you like to go to China? There's an opportunity coming up in June to go to China. I'm talking about mainland China where they persecute Christians and they throw you in jail and torture you and, you know, do all kinds of abusive things to you. But there's an opportunity for you to go there. Of course, Christina's been there. She's going back. Uh, she's going to be sharing on that. So we're highlighting Christina this month as our missionary spotlight. Uh, we're doing that every month for the rest of the year. We've got a lot just to make sure that everybody understands what we're doing in the area of missions. But if the Lord has spoken to you about going on a missions, China may be the place. Uh, president, keep praying for the president. He needs prayer. We are not out of the woods. We are not out of the woods on all this terrorist stuff. I'm telling you we're not. We, we have got to pray and ask the Lord to uncover the plans of the enemy against this nation. And we've got to ask God to bring revival to this nation uh, because that's really what God's more interested in than anything else is for salvation of souls. And we, we have got to ask the Lord to give our president and the people in charge making decisions wisdom. They don't need to be going and t- attacking people they, that God hasn't told them to. <laughs> you know, we don't need to be... And, and they need to be going after people that, you know, is clearly from the Lord. So they need wisdom. Lord, help them. So I think, you know, you can read the rest of the announcements. Uh, amen? Children, Children's Church, be released in Jesus' name. It's, uh, why don't you open your Bibles this morning to Acts, not Acts, Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 6. And I've got a couple words this morning that's going to be shared uh, that the Lord's given us. A couple of prophetic words. I'll let you know when, they, when they're coming. Second Corinthians 6, I'm going to read in verse 4. Y'all ready? Lord, bless, continue to bless. Continue to bless. Lord, give us, uh, give us what you want for us to have. Every person in this room needs something uh, that's, uh, they need something in general, and they need something that's very subjective. And I ask you uh, for both, for the general and the subjective, to be released in every person's life in this room and, and in their families. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Second Corinthians 6, verse 4, he says this. I'm jumping in the middle of what Paul's saying. He says, But in everything, in everything, commending ourselves as servants of God, in much endurance, in afflictions, in hardships, in distress, in beatings, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in hunger, in purity, in knowledge, in patience, in kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in genuine love, in the word of truth, in the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left, and so on and so forth. Well, let me uh, tell you what I want to talk to you about right up front. There's that word in there, commend. You see that word? In the King James, I think it says approve. But in everything, commending ourselves. Commend, say, everybody say commending ourselves. If you uh, go through Second uh, Corinthians and really look at what Paul is trying to communicate in this book. That word, commending, or, here's a better word, recommending. Okay, everybody say recommending. I want you to get on this track, because this is really, this, this can be life-changing for you. He said, in everything recommending ourselves as ministers of God. 
Okay, and that's really the, the that's the word in this book. You, it's, it appears several times in the book. Let me just read a couple other places where where it appears. You don't have to turn there, but Second Corinthians uh, three one it says, "Do we again?" And I'm going to use recommend instead of commend. Okay, do we begin to recommend ourselves, or do we need, as some other epistles of recommendations to you, or letters of recommendations from you? Okay? Did you get that? Oh, right, here's another one. Second Corinthians 5.12. For we do not recommend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to glory on our behalf, so on and so forth. Okay. What, what Paul is trying to do there in this book, he is trying to communicate his apostleship to these people of why he was having the input in their life that he had in their life. Okay? That was the whole, that was really the point of this book, if you really study it. Now, think about this. Paul said, in all these things, I can recommend myself. That's what I just read to you. I can recommend myself in distresses. I can recommend myself in beatings. I can recommend myself in, in, in hard times. Are you with me? See, here's what happens with a lot of people. How many in this room can really recommend themselves? You can recommend yourself all day long when everything's going good, right? When life is working, things are working, whatever you've got, whatever God's put in your life, you can say, yeah, I can recommend myself. Is that true? Can, can anybody do that in this room? Maybe a couple of you can. Maybe the rest of you are really bad shit. But I don't know many people that can do and say exactly what Paul said there. Paul was saying, listen, no matter what situation I'm in, I can still say confidently, I can recommend myself to you as a minister of God. Now, that's boldness. Don't you think that's boldness? That is unnatural boldness. There was something that happened in Paul's life for him to be able to do that. Right? I mean, it, there was something going on for that to happen. I mean, But you see, here we are as Christians. We are not like that. We are some of the most wishy-washy, double-minded people on the earth. If things are going well, we may get, you know, too puffed up, say beyond our measure. Or if things are not going good in our life, we may be dragging our jaw on the ground. Is that, are y'all with me? And see, what God wants to do is God wants to bring us to a place, I believe, just like Paul, where he could say, listen, my ministry may be going down the tubes right now. Everybody may be mad at me. Things may not be working. I may not have a lot of money right now, but I can still, without question and without doubt in my mind, say to you, I can recommend myself to you as a minister of God. I can recommend myself to you. You can put fill in the blank in your life. Whatever you feel like God's called you to do in your life, God wants to bring you to a place of confidence. And no matter what happens in your life, you can boldly say it. I can recommend myself to you as a mother. I can recommend myself to you as a salesman. I can recommend myself to you as a school teacher. Okay? Even though they're, they're, they just fired me from my job. <laughs> you see, that's what Paul was saying. Now turn over to 2 Corinthians 10. Are y'all with me? Because this, this, is, this is really important. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12. <clears throat> said this, 
He says, For we are not bold to class or compare ourselves with some of those who commend themselves. That's what he said. But those who commend themselves, but when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they were, are without understanding. But we will not, not boast beyond our measure, but within the measure of the sphere which God apportioned to us as a measure to reach even as far as you. Okay. Here's what he was saying. This is a key right here. Comparing yourself to others. How many in this room compare themselves to others? Anybody else? How about people compare themselves to others? You know, the typical thing is you compare yourself um, to somebody, say, at work, and that person is better than you in what they do. So you compare yourself to them, therefore you feel un. You feel slighted. You don't feel good about yourself. You feel bad about yourself because this person can do what they're doing better than you. Okay, or on the other extreme, you compare yourself to a person at work that you're better than. You're better than them at what you do. You can, you can do your job much better than them. So you look at them and you have an attitude in your heart that you're better than them because you can do your job better than them. You know, and, and Paul was saying right now, that's craziness. Don't do that kind of stuff. That's ridiculous to even do that kind of thing. He said, it's not wise. However, there's another part to this. And that is living unto people's expectations and whether a person can recommend you or not. See, a lot of people are bound because they, in their hearts, are looking for something from somebody else, from another person, to recommend them. In other words, they're looking for that person to validate who they are and what they're doing. And as long as that person that they look to or people that they look to are validating them, telling them they're doing good, everything's wonderful in their life. But the first time that person withdraws his validation or her validation or their validation, suddenly you're not doing so good. Has anybody ever had that kind of issue in their life? Well, I'm going to tell you something. That is not God. God wants to set people free from that kind of stuff. And that's what Paul was set free from. In fact, Paul wasn't a real popular guy with a lot of the other leading Christians. And some of the not others, you know, just regular Christians. Paul had a bad reputation. But Paul was able to go beyond that, where he got his security, he got his identity, he got all that from God before he got it from other people. And see, as long as we're looking for other people to validate us, as long as we're looking to get this thing from other people that we desperately need as human beings... You see, we're never going to be like, do, be able to do like what Paul said. We're never going to be able to say, listen, it doesn't matter what's happening in my life. I'm not finding my security in those things. I'm not finding my, who I am in those things. But I don't know many people, honestly, who don't find their identity in what they do and who they are and how things are going in their life. I just don't find it. Yet, you look in the Bible, that is not what the Bible teaches us. And if we continue along those lines, because things will be shaken. The Bible promises us it's going to be shaken. The world around us is going to be shaken. It's going to be shaken. If your security is in your job and who you are in your job, your job could go away. And then who will you be? Who will you be if you suddenly lose your job? Is your job who made you? If everybody in this room stood up right now and said, You're fired. Get out. 
and they sent two big boys and threw me out of the room, would my security and who I am be any different than if everybody said, oh, we love you. We appreciate you. We want you to do what you're doing. Paul said, listen, they can throw me in prison. And I can still say to you, I can recommend myself to you. Can they throw you off your job and you go down to the next company and say, I can still recommend myself to you. Because my confidence is not in them, but it's in something else. Are you with me? Who, listen to this, who, what, when, where, how? Who, what, when, where, how? Until we start answering those questions about ourselves, okay? Until we get to God about those questions about ourselves, we're not ready to, that, that's a, tr- a sign that God's ready to mature you. It's when you start dealing with those issues about yourself. When you're ready to answer those questions about yourself, not what your daddy said, not what your mama said or is saying. You know, sooner or later, you as a person have got to face those questions yourself. You know, not what, you know, the pastor said. Not what my friends say. See, sooner or later, you have to get back to the manufacturer and start talking to him about those questions. You know, why am I here, Lord? What am I supposed to be doing? Who really am I? Who am I? What am I really supposed to do with my life? What are you saying? Not what the the latest me- uh, message is that's being preached in the churches. Not that. See, you're going to never be ready. I'm telling you, you'll never be ready until you face those issues with God. Because you're tra- chasing a dream. You're chasing, chasing a dream that can't be fulfilled. Listen to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3. Y'all are looking awful quiet out there. Y'all ain't liking this message? I don't feel insecure because you don't like it. (laughs) I like this message. This is one of the most radical things that God is doing in my life right now. He is saying to me, Byron, I want to define you. I want to. I don't want you to let everybody else define you. I want to define you. I want to tell you who you are. I want to tell you what you're supposed to do with your life. I want you to, I want to do all those things for you. Now that's important. I think it's, it's extremely important. And I'm feeling good about it. Because I like what God's saying to me. Because I, God is not some guy who drives you performance wise. He's really not. Well, this is what Paul said here in 2 Corinthians 3. It says, such confidence we have through Christ towards God, not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. You see, that's what has to happen. You've got to get to the manufacturer. You've got to get to God on these questions. Otherwise, you're always going to be in and out of the natural realm. You know people who are really insecure about things? You try to get them to do something, and they act really insecure about it. Oh, I can't do that, you know, and... Don't that drive you crazy when people do that to you? It, does it mess with your mind when you, when you know somebody's got something in them, yet they're so focused on their self and not focused on 
the God in them and who God has said they are and what God has put in them, that they just, I just can't do that. You know, how could, why would God want to use me like that? How could God want to use me like that? Doesn't that really, does that bother you? It really bothers me really bad when people do that. And the reason it does, I guess I've been sort of like that in my life, and it really, I found out that it really didn't pay off. Look at verse 7 in, in chapter 4. It says, <clears throat> But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, and that, that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. And then he goes on and talks about afflictions and being crushed and all that stuff. But he's talking about there's a treasure inside of us that God's put in us. And God's put that treasure in every person. If you're a born-again person, you have a treasure in you. And God wants... And you see, when I talk about getting back to yourself, getting back to who you are and all that stuff, that's what we're talking about getting to. We're talking about getting to that treasure in you. Instead of looking at yourself and your natural self and, you know, your whatever, your training. I'm talking about there's a treasure place in every child of God that is real, that's alive, that we have to connect to. And we have to allow that thing to come forth in us. We have to ask that thing, who are you? What are you? When are you? Where are you? How are you going to do this? We have to ask those questions. We have to discover that about ourselves. We really do. Now turn over to 1 Corinthians 3. Let me read one verse over there. 1 Corinthians 3. Verse 10. It says, According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I laid a foundation. Another is building upon it, but let each man be careful how he builds upon it. Let each man be careful how he builds upon it. Okay. Paul laid a foundation, which we know is Christ, right? That's our foundation. Then he says, somebody else is going to build on that foundation. Now, here's the way I've always thought about that verse. I've always thought about that all right, Paul laid that foundation, and now we have all these other teachers and preachers and people that are going to speak stuff into our life, and that's what's going to build on this foundation. And recently, I feel like the Lord said to me, that is not what I mean there. Be careful how another man builds upon it. Okay, you know who that another man is in my life? It's me. It's me. It, in your life, it's you. And I feel like what God was saying, you need to be careful how you build with truths in your life. Let me give you an illustration. When I, was, when I was first saved, I loved our pastors and teachers. 